because I believe science might offer an answer to the curse of the Bambino. Why someone took so long to hire that guy is beyond me. Anybody who's not tearing their team down right now and rebuilding it using your model, they're dinosaurs. One of the great things about money is it, it buys a lot of things. One of which is the luxury to disregard what baseball likes, doesn't like, what baseball thinks, doesn't think. It's a threatening, not just a way of doing business, but, it's, but in their minds, it's threatening the game. How can you not be romantic about baseball? All right. Brent Porcer here on another Baseball Ops podcast. Pretty, I always say this, I'm really excited. But this one, I'm actually really excited because this is an, it's an old school friend going way back, way back to the day. We could probably spend the hour just us reminiscing but we'll try not to because we'll leave everyone behind but uh brian haldane what's up brian what's going on brother how you been i'm awesome man so i i don't want to sit here and go through all your accolades you've we've done a lot of cool things we you know in your career we kind of went similar but different directions right i went into coaching but always did it online and you went into broadcast, and and yeah. I want you to talk and tell them everything you've been doing over the years. But it's cool because you and I, from all the way back into high school, we had our own show together. Yeah. So we went from Wolf TV in high school to what are you doing now, Brian? Uh, well, I mean, today I am the uh, program director of a news talk station in Baton Rouge, and I'm also the uh, producer of a syndicated afternoon drive show on um, on ESPN Radio. Well, that's not on ESPN Radio, but it's on three different ESPN affiliates. It's also on Cox Sports Television. It's called After Further Review with Matt Moscona. Um, Matt's obviously the host. That's why his name's on the show. I am the producer, so my name is not on the show. But, uh, no, so we, you know, we yeah, followed that broadcasting path pretty much my whole life. And uh, it all started back uh, on the third floor of Benilde Hall with Wolf TV. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm kind of disappointed. No, wait, actually, you know what? It started a year before that in the doors, and then we moved to. You yes. know what? You just said we, we could spend an hour reminiscing, and we really could. That. And I'm gonna work. I'm gonna try really hard to avoid that because I want to have viewership. Right? Yeah. <laughs> wait, people don't want to break down the dorms at St. Paul's. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no. High so, quality content for everyone out there. We'll sum it up. Brian and I had had a really good time becoming celebrities in a little high school in Covington, Louisiana. It's like still today, people come to me today, and it's usually underclassmen to us, and they're like, oh, man, I remember when you did Wolf TV. And I'm like, okay, that was like 25 years ago. No amount of therapy can repress those <laughs> memories. Uh, and I think some of our teachers and disciplinarians needed therapy after what we did to them. At least a lot of liquor. I know they needed them to drink quite a bit. So. Right, but we had a good show. And we've also, we did some stuff. I, that I actually kind of had to pull down recently, unfortunately, for legal issues. But <laughs> <laughs> you and I did some stuff together, the baseball code, a while back. Yeah. And, man, I thought that was a great concept, didn't you? It was. It was a lot of fun to make. And it was it, it, just exploring the, the process was a lot of fun. Because, we, you know, we, we'd do it and then we'd refine it and refine it and refine it. And then eventually we'd have the final product that really dug a little bit deeper behind numbers, behind analytics, and then behind mechanics. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and and you're more the analytics guy, and and I kind of brought in like the the application. How does that apply to the game, to the skill? Right. And, and it right. worked really good because I think you and I have that good balance of analytics to practical application. Mechanics. Yeah, yeah mechanics. Yeah. And so today, why do I want to bring you on? Because I think you really bring a lot of good value to the topic that's really popular right now, and it's these new rules that Major League Baseball wants to experiment with in this independent league, the Atlantic mm -hmm. League. And to be honest, kudos to the Atlantic League for getting some really, really cheap press, right? And and yeah. in becoming this playground for Major League Baseball. Don't you think that was a good move on their part promotionally? I think from a baseball standpoint, any move to get into this millennium is a good move. Even if the rule overall doesn't stick around, you're at least showing that you're trying to keep up with the fan. When you look at professional sports across the board, Major League Baseball has the oldest median age of a fan of any professional sport. So they've got to at least show some, I don't want to say contrition, but some tacit admittance that, hey, the game might be a little bit behind the fan. So let's tinker with some things to see if we can make it better. So. I like the idea of trying to be better, trying to want to be better. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, I mean, 
we can go either side on the criticism here. There's pros and cons both ways. Um, but let's let's just start breaking them down. And like I was saying, I don't think a lot of these will see the light of day. Um, I think in a way, a lot of these probably were presented. And I think that was the the business relationship for the Atlantic League and Major League Baseball is Major League Baseball can use this as far as the commissioner's office can use this as kind of a ground to have some leverage against the Players Association because this is going to be a fight between the Major League Commissioner's Office and the Players Association with if these rules are implemented. So I think the Major League or you know MLB's Commissioner's Office probably had value in working with the Atlantic League to give them some advantages against Players Association or maybe even vice versa. I don't know here. But you can see there's kind of like the Atlantic League's becoming the middleman between these two monsters, Players Association and Major League Baseball. Sure. Um, do you, I mean, don't you think Don't you think just the, the premise of why they've used this independent league to lay this down might be for those reasons? Well, yeah, you have real-life real applications that show the game can be better this way. So, it, yeah, it gives them it, uh, you know, another gun in the arsenal when, it, when and if they want to implement any of it. Right, because don't you think, like, I mean, there's always tension between MLB and the Players Association, MLB Players Association, but don't you see, don't you think that this is maybe showing that it might be even closer to maybe a strike one day, that this, they're maybe start trying to lay some of the groundwork of, of what they're going to be battling over, or no? Um. Well, I mean, would this play into that? Because I think the, the groundwork for a, a strike that's soon to come it, this well, yeah. You know what? Yeah, I see your point. Yeah, because totally. I mean, doesn't don't both organizations have to agree on these rules? Yes. Right. So I think obviously they both have different agendas, and these rules could go on one one side could say I we want them, the other side could say no, and it might fall into you know negotiations one day along with everything else. Right, and if you're Major League Baseball, then you could say, well, we want them, and here's where they've worked. You know, and, and from their standpoint as well, here's what didn't work, so we're throwing it out and not going to run it at you. So the players, the players association would have very little leg to stand on after they've been tried and you know tested and proven. In a way, then you know, maybe I'm going to take back the fact this was a smart move for the Atlantic League because I don't know if I want to be in between those two monsters. You know, well, no, for what they get in the press is it's worth, is it. worth it. Okay, yeah, totally. Well, cool. All right, let's start with the first one. We got a list of seven here laid out. There could be more. Uh, This is the ones that have been really made popular. And I want to, those that are listening to this, you know, please reach out to us if you if you want to put in your two cents on it. Um, At the end of the show, Brian is going to give all of his information to contact him or comments wherever you're watching this. If there's a comment option, comment down there. And, and put in your opinions. We'd like to hear your opinions on where you think these these rules are valid or a waste of time and whatever your opinion is. First one, um, and I, I guess I'm going to say it right up front, I totally agree with this. I've talked to some minor league umpires about this, but it's using TrackMan radar systems to help umpires call balls and strikes. So what that means is, is TrackMan is a three-dimensional computer that – uh, is like a it's like a third eye. This camera that shoots out on the field and can put everything in three dimensional space. And once you put it into three dimensional space in a computer, you can measure everything to like, you know, like like the GPS system of landing planes. You know, you can put it to the inch, so it can very accurately call balls and strikes. And and I a friend of mine who's a minor league umpire, he said they were training with this system, and they actually had a the umpire's hat on. And on the right side, you know, either right or left, but on, on one side it was a green light for a strike, left side it was a red for a ball. And you know what? I actually like that. What do you think, Brian? So I, I like it in principle. Um, I, I like the idea that a strike zone should not be subjective. A strike zone should not change whether it's a right-handed or a left-handed pitcher. A strike zone should not change whether the batter bats 330 or 230. Like the strike zone should be the strike or zone, or if it's a veteran this... pitcher to a rookie pitcher. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, if you know, in, in in the NBA, stars never get called for traveling, right? But 
they do, and we see it. Right. The same is true in Major League Baseball. Right. Something that's just off the corner can be on the corner based off of having the right pitcher and or the right batter and or the mood of the umpire. Like, well, and, strikes and, go, and, and strike zones get wider as games get longer. And I don't so, know if you read uh, uh, Canseco's book a while back. He talked about how he was putting evidence out that you know pitchers were bribing umpires, you know, to to get better calls. So it, it eliminates that that position. I don't know if that's true. It just I'd say it would eliminate that. You know. Yeah, I mean, Jose Canseco's got some deep state stuff going on. <laughs> I mean, like he knows who killed Kennedy, and and if they were on roids. What? So I like Jose. Know. I got to play with him, but no, I get. Yeah, it. he's a he liked the controversy, but no, I, and I, I like him as well. I like the fact that you know when he says things, I don't just dismiss them. I, I do give Listen. them some thought, right? And I like when the game can make me think a little bit. But just removing the subjectivity of the strike zone, I think, is important to the game overall. Uh, if you can do that, then you you make it you make it a little more fair for the up and comer who's doing things the right way. You know, and I think, to be honest, I think baseball is better at handling the bad call. And and I know that this kind of takes that away. You're not going to see – I mean, specifically, the more this goes to a track man, I mean, the more the umpire's calls go to a track man, you're going to see less Lou Pinellas out there kicking dirt, which baseball seems to have loved from the beginning of time. I mean, it almost seems like a tradition of the game is watching a coach unload on an umpire. <laughs> which, you know, if, if I were to have a negative towards – taking the balls and strikes away from the umpire, it would be that it is still a game. Like, do we need perfection? Because, you know, I get it. it you have the opportunity to get it right automatically. Let's get it right automatically. But at the same time, though, once you start removing the human element from the game, it ceases to become a ga- ceases to be a game. You're right. But the thing is, that's, o- that's unfortunately going to be the last opinion in this world. I mean, as far as someone having that opinion, because that's right. We're the last era to that. You know, the ones under us all came through the video game generation and they've been playing, you know, MLB games on, uh, you know, on computer stations for a while that are all, you know, giving them the, the feeling or the experience of that perfect robotic call that they don't know anything else. Right. So I think I, th- I think we we're gonna miss it, but this younger generation doesn't understand. Um, but you know, but like I said, I think Major League Baseball has learned a lot, or, or has really proven how to deal with the bad call. I mean, us. I don't know. I think Brian, you're a Saints fan, right? Yes. And, and so watching the horrible call that the Saints. Oh, I was there. <laughs> you were there. Yeah, did I just disappear to you? Yeah, you kind of did, but that's all right. And you got this oh, great oh. expression on your face, which is hilarious. But, um, but remember, so and you know what I said? I said if Sean Payton for the Saints during that call that robbed them of the Super Bowl, if Sean Payton would have pulled a Lupinella and gone out on the field and kicked dirt on the ref and spit on him and and intentionally tried to get thrown out of the game, he might have swung the momentum back in the Saints' direction. We might have won the game. Or he might have been booted, and we wouldn't have had him in overtime, and you know, still would have lost. But the point is, don't you? But the point is, is like going into a track man or going into radar system, you're going to take away kind of that play from that you know the the coach's ability to 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 make that kind of a play. Yeah, and 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 the Saints example is it. See, that's such a tough example because part of playing sports is learning to deal with adversity and failure. Like, for not for, not from a major league standpoint, because you're talking about a lot of money on the line at that point. But I'm talking about, like, from the standpoint of as you're coming up in the game, and, and once you implement this trackman in the majors, how long before it's in college, how long before it's in high school from there. So, But dealing with – you get a called strike two, and you're like, there's no way that was a strike. As a batter, you still got to readjust and be like, okay, I've only got one more swing at this now. Like, in – there's there's a mental process there to overcome, and it makes for a stronger person. You know, so, but but it's going to be dramatic because if you think about the hitters that get up there, and you know, you see the reaction on that on that called strike off the plate, and you can see it just stays in their head, and it they feed on it. Obviously, the better ones don't. 
but they feed on it and then it affects them the rest of their at-bats, maybe the rest of their game, and then they wind up getting thrown out of the game three p plays later for dropping an F-bomb to the... So you're going to take that element out of the game. Is that a bad thing? I know. That's a good point. I like Because that's it's part of the game. And unless I get too far down the road, I still think this is a good idea. I still think it's better to implement this because you're going to have those adversity moments in other places in the game. But, you know, you get a bad a bad call on a strike two. How do you react for strike three or how do you react you know, on the next pitch? It's it all plays into the human element that makes the game what it what is. was beautiful about it to begin with. Yeah, it's so. going to seem very different. And unfortunately, I think. But you were saying in the beginning, Major League Baseball has an older fan base. That's probably a tough call to make right now because it's probably going to turn off a lot of people our ages and older. So, but I think what they're probably preparing for is making this call for the next generation. You know, which at some point you have to. At some point you have to peel off the bandaid and say, "All right, if you are above X age, we can't rely on your income anymore. You're not traveling to go see ball games. You're barely going to see ball games in your hometown anymore." We need to start recruiting those who are below Y age, and that's this would help that. So we can, you know, you can blame for this is you can blame EA Sports, right? You think for building all those games, which is all built on a TrackMan system? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so that's the only one. But seriously, blame, that's the only one to blame. No, you can also blame Instant Replay. Yeah, in other sports, yeah. because this is essentially the same thing. Why would I let a, a pair of eyes behind a graded mask and a swinging bat tell me what's gonna you know what the same thing that a, you know a video camera or not, in this case Trackman can tell me a lot more accurately and a lot less subjectively? Right. So well, I think it's interesting, but you're right. I think it's a must. It's something they're gonna have to deal with because it's gonna be more in demand. Because I think you're gonna lose the generation, the younger generation, the next. 10 years if you're not showing some type of uh technological advancement in accuracy i think you're going to lose them yeah yeah um, yeah well and that's the that's the, that's kind of where i led with this was if you are the, the the rookie or the second year player the second year pitcher who's hitting all his spots but you're not getting the calls well then your numbers aren't going to bear out how good you're actually playing you know, when when the coaches break down film later, they're like, you know, you really got to go it on. But your numbers on the field aren't going to command the fan base that you would if you were tearing it up with all the right calls. So this this is going to help not just a younger fan base, but younger players who will attract a younger fan base. Yep. All right, let's move on. Uh, extending the distance between the pitching rubber from 60 feet to 6 inches to 62 feet 6 inches in the second half. Of the season, okay, I'm fine with making the move back, even though I'd rather you just drop the mound so you don't have to tear up all these fields in America. <laughs> Let's just drop the mound down. But second half of the season, like seriously, like okay, pitchers, second half of the season, you're gonna throw, you have to throw the ball two feet farther. That means your breaking brawls are gonna break two feet farther. And now the hitters are going to have to look at these looping breaking balls that they've never seen the whole season. Like, ha second half of the season, like, that makes no sense. Nothing about this makes sense. Uh, the second half of the season, when your arm is already starting to fade to begin with, <laughs> now you can throw, throw it farther. further. Um, second half of the season, when hitters have already gotten a look at you, they can <laughs> right. get a look at you from two feet farther away. Look, I wasn't a pitcher, okay? This, like, standing in the batter's box, I would be licking my chops for this. To have that much longer to evaluate a pitch, well, but, but but rip the bejesus out of it. But you're right. But you know what that means is pitchers are going to be thumbers. Like I think that's what they're trying to create. You're going to bring finesse back into the game because they're the breaking balls are going to go two feet farther in movement. So everyone's just going to be throwing breaking balls. Okay, but you have two more feet to pick up on it. The beauty of six, 60 feet six inches is the the amount of time you have to to read and react. No, you're right. You're definitely right. So you give me two more feet on a breaking ball, and I'm going to give you a ball that's getting to the backstop damn near every time. No, yeah, I mean, I get that. You, you on the breaking balls, they will see that, but it's going to be harder. It's changing planes more. So if they're throwing a slider curveball, 
it's going to be changing the planes way more aggressively. That's a hard adjustment. And your timing, because this is the second half of the season, your timing is going to be hit to hit the ball earlier or when it breaks. And now you're going to have to be watching this thing break even farther. You're going to have to change everything. So if you can't hit an outside pitch, you're not going to be able to hit a breaking ball. Right. Well, no, I don't know. You give me two more feet with the pitch, and I'm going to do well. And I think this move would be a move towards more offense in the second half of the season. We all like to see late season home runs. We all like to see late season heroics from a fan's perspective. So, so you're saying I, you're saying it's going to create more offense? Oh, because you, oh, you, you really think, okay? Because you really think the hitters are going to get advantages here? Yes. No, I think it's going to. Sh- I think it. They have to adjust. I think maybe the last month of the season we'll see who wins, but in that middle change, it's going to be a, a wreck. No one's going to score. They're, 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 really. Yeah, you might have more walks. You, the time might extend. They're, I mean, I think in a way, they're all these that are trying to shorten the time. I think this actually will make the time longer because you can have probably more walks and less guys probably getting bad on ball or are early getting bad on balls. Pitchers aren't dumb. They're going to still try to get around this, but I think it's going to create a mess. I mean, you move them two feet further away and – I don't know. I, I, it'll it'll throw timing off for a short period of time, but I think once the timing readjusts, it, it you're going to see a lot more. You're see a lot more balls hit into the outfield and beyond. I it, I don't breaking balls. Well, it, it to me it's a fifty fifty on a breaking ball because the way it is right now, how long do you train to throw that breaking ball from sixty feet six inches away? To get it, but to it land doesn't matter. Exactly. What, what happens is we all start throwing break. We start throwing high breaking balls. So the low, you know, the breaking ball you threw to almost, you know, hit the catcher's foot. Now you got to be throwing those, you know, cock shot breaking balls just to get the ball to hit the catcher's foot. So that's just the the adjustment for the pitchers. They can't throw those low breaking balls at that point. So it, yeah, and as long as it takes the pitcher to adjust, is how long it'll take the hitter to adjust but as the well. The pitcher will adjust a lot quicker on that but, than the hitter. Okay, aside from whether or not there will be increased or decreased offense, you're changing the game midway through. Yeah. Okay, at the all-star break, they don't move the free-throw line and the three-point line. Yeah. Okay, well, that's we what, don't that's go what... to a Canadian football field right. after week 11. Like, it's the field is what the field is. Don't jerk around with it. That's but Isn't that wild? Like, no, I've never heard a sport in my life ever do that. That's That's got to be unprecedented. Yeah, I mean – That'd be you like know, the NBA, like you just said it. The NBA goes halfway through the season, and we're going to go a twelve foot rim, right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> or, or the other way, go nine. That would be hilarious. We're gonna. All right, guys. It's been a good first half of the season. We're going with mini goals from now on. All right. We'll put the brackets out there and drop it down to an eight and a half foot rim. We're going to put trampolines on. without jumping. <laughs> That's basically what's happening. If they went to a 12-footer, though, it'd be funny watching all the dunkers just clang the bar. Right? Oh, man, that would be so great. Just the, the, the blooper reel, the not top tens. Would but be- to be honest, they if, if, a, if they ever filmed Atlantic League games, they need to do it day one of season, part of season two or the second half just so we can watch the bloopers that go <laughs> <laughs> yes and what's going to be in front of the mound like you're shifting everything back by two feet no they're going to have like, yeah right what are they all playing on artificial turf so they have artificial mounds they can just push back right like you just you just roll the whole thing back <laughs> two feet or or do you have two separate rubbers out there so it's like the 10 year olds play yeah. the early game and the 12 year olds are playing later <laughs> okay this is getting bad this looks like a train wreck already, dude. <laughs> Which should tell you it's a bad idea. Well, that's why I said drop the mound down. If you're trying, uh, like you said, I mean, am I wrong? Like we both said here, are we both wrong? The sole purpose of doing this is to give the hitter more time, right? Yes. Okay, so we can give the hitter more time in two ways. Yes, distance and speed. So studies show you know, the incline of a mound gives more momentum, more speed. So what if we just went to a softball mound, just took the mound out, that would drop speed, and then you'd get more time back. Man, you want to talk about walks, though. 
There's gonna be no walks. Think, you're you're gonna like, what you're gonna have to do is I want this because you're gonna have to create more athletic pitchers because you can't just sit there and fall and use your arm. You have to freaking drive like a softball pitcher. No, yeah, but drive off the way you drive on a mound is different from the way you drive off of a flat surface. No, we I, like, well, you're right. It, it does change an incline, but the what I with my training, we can get guys to throw just as hard on flat ground. They just have to learn how to use their legs better. Yeah, but and you're going to take a guy who's doing something the exact same way his entire life, and forget about his entire life. He's been doing the exact same way since, let's say, early February, and then in late July, you're going to change the way he's doing that. Well, you're going to get him hurt. But he's well. To be honest, it should be the other. Well, it'll weed them out faster. You'll you'll find the guys that yes, the guys that are all arm are going to get hurt more frequently and then the guys that are more legs are going to survive they're going to survive and keep their velocities up i would just it would be a it would clean out pitching meaning you wouldn't have those lazy pitchers anymore it likes women's softball these girls are in good shape that are pitchers man because they're jumping and, and using their whole body off those mounds and this would create more of that kind of a pitcher in baseball which i would love and love to see you know but i like you know yeah i like that approach though i like you would create a more athletic pitcher overall. I'm just the the to me the short term. It would jar the game so much that it wouldn't be the game anymore. No way! It, like, no way! Really on that? Like, I feel like two feet back has just as much of an effect on jarring the game. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what I was still talking. About. Oh, I thought you were talking about going flat mound. No, no. Yeah. It, well, you no. Know, that would be a lot less because. You know the the work that the work that pitchers get in and off days would be able to help that out a lot more than once once you're on that mound and you're two feet further away you're mm, I don't I just I think it's just a bad idea dude to be honest I would the bunt might come back because now you got the pitcher has to run two feet farther that's true that is true. Which you know what they're they're probably trying to create more of that in the game again, but I don't know if that's what it's going to be interesting, man. Like I'm with you, I don't know what the heck would happen, but a lot could happen. Yeah, I just if you're looking at rules to implement right now, I would say let's try a whole bunch of other things first <laughs> before doing that. It's second half of the season. <laughs> I mean, like if yeah, it's, that that's the other thing is like if you want to move it back, just move it to hell back. Why in the middle of the season? Let's just go to a pitching machine. <laughs> you get a pitching machine and an umpire that's a, that's a robot. And... No, it's like kids pitch or daddy daddy ball now. Right. All right, so, we'll move on. It, Next one, right. mandating that two infielders on each side of the second base bag when a pitch is released with the penalty being a ball. If you don't have your second baseman and first shortstop on the other side of the bag, it's a ball. I don't know. What do you think about that? It's starting to sound like daddy pitch. It yeah, it's so I think that's a dumb rule because I think a manager should be able to put his players where if the manager wants to put seven guys in between second and third base, go for it. You're gonna make that call as a manager, go for yeah, it. Yeah, and, and if you're not stupid enough batter, as a hitter to turn on the ball. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, it should be up to the hitter to be able to do more than just pull the ball. This is to obviously to get rid of the shift where you get three, if not four, infielders all on the same side. Um, but if you're, if as a hitter, you don't have the capability, like I'm left-handed, so let's look at this from a left-handed perspective. If I don't have the capability to push one between second and third, if I don't have the capability to push one over the shortstop's head, then that's on me as a hitter. Yeah, well, and you, forbid, if you can't do that, lay down a damn bunt. You're right. Well, the, but the, here's the problem. The shift is a pure result of – Saber, uh, basically more metrics, more trackman data. So trackman data comes into baseball. These coaches see, hey, this hitter hits 500 to right field, 200 to left field. Right. Um, so we're going to put them in, in this situation to hit the ball to right field. Well, everyone shifts to right field <laughs> when they, they figure that out. And then and that's what happens. That's it. As, as a hitter, you need to be able to – adjust your skill set to compensate for where your analytics were lacking, which the baseball code used to address, but 
Yeah, know, that's no more. Exactly. But if you, like, if as a hitter, all you could do is pull the ball to right field, and if you if you hit it to left, it's like a lazy pop up or whatever, and and you can't get any push behind it that way, or just even a solid base hit, then that's. A, a gap in your skill set as a hitter. Yeah, but the problem is they don't see it that way because this is where the Players Association is going to come into these rules. The The Players Association probably wants that rule, and then Major League Baseball might not want it because it's upsetting their fans. The Players Association wants it because it allows their guys to be more marketable because they know they're more marketable when they have a unique set of skills. And hitting you know, well above average to one side of the field is a unique set of skills, and the shift challenges that it, it, it kills their that 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 talent that they have to do that which has been really sellable for them so this is allowing this is a player association move to say hey no they can't do that because i need him to still be really valuable in that one specific metric so Sorry. everybody has to stay with it i mean it... but the point is that's what's going on this is this is a this is a nerd's game right now this is a st statistician's game and these players aren't adjusting because the coaches and their agents are telling them that's where they want you man keep hitting the right field who cares if they shift that's what they're paying you to do they'll figure it out yeah i think the adjustment needs to be made on the end of the player to say hit it where they ain't Right, but that's old school to them. They're not going to do that unless the, the front office tells them to. Hey, yeah, we paid $7 million for you to hit 600 to right field. Uh, now we want you to hit, take some of that and put it to left field. I don't think a team's – it changes the whole front office mentality. Does it? I mean, okay, so if I can hit it to left field just enough to where they won't shift anymore – now I can go back yeah, to my strength because well, you're making the right you're, you're making him a you, but at that point you're going to make every hitter the same. Point to me in another sport where this is applicable. Would well, be like a soccer player that can only he can, he can he can run a five forty down the field with a soccer ball with his right foot but not his left foot or something like that. So now everyone just shifts to his right side. So now that the, exactly. the rules are the, the league's trying to not let everyone cloud up the right side of the field. Yeah. So what you're going to do is the soccer player is going to adapt. The game isn't going to mandate that everybody has to go back and play nice and let him dominate to that one side. But that's it's, why it's they're. Like, but that's they why never... they're. But the the game doesn't want that because they want that they like this strategy and and I I kind of on both sides of the fence here. They like the strategy of being able to have these really these specialists in the game. The game is becoming more specialist. And that's what this is trying to get out because we're about to go to another one for pitchers. They're trying to eliminate the specialists for the pitchers. Baseball loves these specialists because it becomes a more strategic game. But the problem is it makes these game times five hours. Yeah. And I'm all about reducing the game time. But if – Here's the comparison I make when, when comparing this one to another sport. Hack-a-shack. Okay? Shaquille O'Neal couldn't hit free throws, so why give him a dunk when you know he's going to dunk on you if you can send him to a free throw line? Hack-a-shack was a basketball equivalent of the shift. Fair? Yeah. So the NBA never implemented a rule that says, no, you have to go ahead and let him dunk. Right. It was up to the other coach to 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 determine the 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 benefit versus the risk versus reward of it, the the payoff, the benefit, whatever, to say, we're going to go ahead and do this, and we know he's going to hit one out of two free throws every time. Yeah, probably. No, I, I, so I mean, it's a good point, but the, the same to be true to say, we're going to go ahead and allow you to shift under the assumption that this batter hasn't learned how to go opposite field yet, and never ever will. So it like and I don't know. again. So, so what side are you on? I'm I'm on I'm on both sides. I don't like the five hour game times, but I do like the specialist. What side are you on? I am on the side of if the manager wants to put in a shift, you put in a shift, and you're the one who's gonna look stupid when the athlete adjusts. Okay, well we're both on the same side. You're just saying it's for different reasons. You're yeah. just saying you don't like these specialists. These all these hitters need to be more well rounded. And I'm saying I, I understand why they're specialists. I mean 
that you know it's hard to find something you can do at a major league level it's really hard to find it and if the only thing you found was that you can hit more singles over the first baseman's head than anyone in major league baseball and that's what gets you there i don't want to take that away from that dude you know so i'm with you i don't want them wait why but put yourself in the opposing manager's shoes why would you not want something in your arsenal where you know you can take it away from him I'm with you. So maybe this, okay, I guess I'm, I'm teetering here. So maybe it should be like, I heard Greg Maddox say that we should give them a limited amount of shifts, like, like timeouts in football. We say you get six shifts per game. I think that allows it to go both ways. Do, do shifts slow the game? Yeah, you're right. I guess it, does it not slow the game? Well, maybe, I mean, well, it might it might slow the game. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe the the shifts are speeding the game. I don't know, man. It's a good point. This can go so many different ways. I don't know. You're right. This is a rule that I don't know if it really wins at the end of the day. Well, no. You're. I mean, to me, okay. If you don't have the shifts on, then the guy's going to get statistically, he's going to get more base hits every game because there's fewer guys there to. Right. Play defense where we already know he's going to be Hit hitting the ball. the ball. Yeah. So I would think the shift should lead to more outs. Yeah. Otherwise, the manager wouldn't do it. You're right. The outs move the game along. Right. So, so this, this is one that is interesting, and it probably is just more based on popular opinion. I don't think a lot of the fans like the shifts. Um, no, they don't. I Well, because it looks stupid. It looks like like Sandlot baseball. <laughs> yeah. So be better than that as a hitter. Right. Be able to do well. You know, that's my anti-specialist again yeah, right. coming out. Right. Saying just. But I think this is, is a weird rule. We're kind of all like confused. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do here. Should we be doing this? So, <laughs> if if a batter comes up to bat, forget the ship for just a second, okay? Batter comes up to bat, and the third baseman plays super deep every time. Okay, wouldn't it behoove the batter to just drag a bunt down the third baseline and take yeah, off? Right, exactly. But they don't do it. How is this any different than that? Yeah, you're right. If you're going to put everybody on one side of the field, yeah, it would be to my benefit to lay a bunt down to the other side, and I'm on base every damn time. I get it, but the problem is now, this game pretty, is it's not sexy, but that's the purpose of the game. The game is, but no, now the game has changed. It's a completely different game. It's being bought and sold, or or purely watched through the computer's eye. It's not being watched through the 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 fan's eye anymore. So, from a computer standpoint, from an analytic standpoint, your batting average goes up, your on base percentage goes up, your likelihood of but, scoring but goes the up. Problem, your likelihood of scoring but the problem, but the problem is there's batters. Batting average is not what they're looking for anymore. You got probably great batting averages in AAA that aren't getting the time of the day. The guy that gets pulled up has a below average batting average, but an above average batting average to a certain part of the field, a certain time of the game that they find value because they don't have that guy at the major league level and he goes up. Well, I think this would add, this adds to that saying he's got the, the tools that you're looking for and he's got the scrappiness to know where to find his way. To get the win. I'm like so. you, man. I miss those guys too. It just baseballs are weeding them out. They're cleaning them out. I think it's sad. There's gonna be a lot of great hitters that probably never sniffed the field of Major League Baseball because of how the game is being evaluated now. Yeah. Um, moving on, a three batter minimum for pitchers. A rule MLB and the MLB Players Association are considering for the 2020 season as they near an agreement on a smaller set of changes. See, so that's right there telling you that this is a fight between the two associations and a, their agreement, but this three batter minimum is to prevent this, the, the, you know, the changing of pitchers every pitch um, and that strategy between both coaches to put the better advantage at the plate or at the mound. What do you think? So... I'm torn on this one, and I could probably be talked into it either way. But I like the uh, – I hate changing pitchers for the righty-lefty matchup. And if you want to talk about shortening the game, this is one of the quickest ways to do it. Right. If you pull a pitcher because of a righty-lefty matchup, and then the next hitter after that forces another righty-lefty matchup, you're pulling the pitcher a second time. So you've got two breaks over the course of two hitters that 
are slowing the game down. They're sending you to commercial again. It's another time to, you know, or, or you, they don't go to commercial and they just stay there and the play-by-play guy vamps for 90 seconds or however long it takes for the pitcher to warm up. Um, so if you want to speed up the game, this is a great way to do it. And say, yeah, you can make a you can make a righty lefty change, but you're going to have to live with that change for at least two more hitters. I got a better so, way. I got a better way. Don't you think this is better? You ha- give them a limit of how many pitchers per game they can play. I guess that that'll screw them up if they go into extra innings. But that's when they start throwing position players. You know, what if they said you can only use eight, six pitchers per game? That would do the same thing. You know, if well, I mean. The point is, you don't have to set this rule. The strategies can still be there, but yeah. you're limiting. Like you can't have a, a, a freaking tour bus of pitchers in the outfield ready to come in. You know. <laughs> yeah, and this would also. You talk about position players. This would, either way, whether you put a limit on the number of pitchers or you put a limit on the batter. Well, no, actually, you wouldn't be able to do this. To have a pitcher like go out to left field for one hitter and then come back to the mound and you put a replacement left fielder in. That would be so cool. <laughs> Wouldn't it? I'm a pitcher and I'm like, I'm loving that. <laughs> right. Like, you you know, okay, so I want the righty-lefty matchup, but I, like you as a right-handed pitcher, like I want to bring on a left-handed pitcher to, to throw to one left-handed batter and then I'm going to go right back to you. So I'm going to send you out to left field for one hitter because it's easier for me to replace that left fielder. Yeah. Then, so I like your rule better. I like the pitch flip. Pitch yeah, and, and, and it might be better. just not limiting the pitchers. Maybe just limiting how many players that can participate in that game. You know, which is cool yeah. because if you got like, say you use six of your pitchers and they're all done, and you got the, you know, or you, they're all five are done and one's still pitching, and then one of your position players gets hurt, <laughs> then now you're playing with with an open spot, dude. That would be awesome. Dude. <laughs> And then you can't shift because <laughs> there's nobody left. <laughs> and now the batters are forced to adjust. There you go. Right. See? <laughs> the coach is like, there's no one in right field. You're hitting it to left field. <laughs> so, yeah, I would like the pitcher limit better than, than mandating. I mean, because I, I get the sentiment behind wanting to shorten the game. And I think it – if there's going to be a rule implemented that I would be able to say, yeah, okay, I get why you did it. This would be the rule where I'd say, I, I think there's better ways of doing it, but this would be one where I'd say, yeah, I'll still love the game, even if they do that. Plus, it allows a coach that can, you know, if he can get a pitcher in, which we all like to see, if he can get a pitcher to go six, seven innings, now he's got, say, if it's six, if it's a six pitcher limit, he's got five pitchers that he could strategically slam at the end of the game and maybe have the advantage on the other team who maybe used three to that point, you know? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay, no mound visits. I think it's going on the same theme here. Other than for pitching changes or injuries, a lot of pitchers are yelling at this one. Like it really – and coaches really hate this because they love the mound visit to talk to their guys. What do you think? So, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and play the villain on this one. I love it. You love, love it? it. You, you sit out there and you stew in your own <laughs> subconscious. You get out there on that mound and you just, you're, you've got all your demons running around in your head. You just have to live with your demons out there and have nobody to talk you off like, the ledge. Like nuclear and like, Yes. And you just, you just be out there and you just be in your, in your weirdness al- alone. <laughs> Sweating and sweating in women's lingerie, like in Bull Durham, yes. right? <laughs> exactly. Just work through it, Nancy boy. <laughs> well, to be I, obviously okay. So on the real, I think it's, I think it's a good sentiment. Again, if you want to shorten the game, but strategically, there are things that coaches need to do. Not just talking their pitchers off the ledge, right? Bringing the infielders in, implementing, implementing a shift, um, imp, like you know, just little position moves, right. moving a guy a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. That's usually done simultaneously, along with the pitch with the mound or, visit or breaking up momentum, which I'm I'm a big advocate of. I love swinging momentum as a coach. You know, like they just keep hitting the ball, like the pitchers thrown three first pitch, you know, triples in a row. Well, right. I'm going to go to the mound. <laughs> so what if? 
instead of mound visits, you had a, a limited number of timeouts in a game yeah. like they do in every other sport. Right. Well, because in, in, in basketball, in basketball, a team gets on a run, you call timeout. So the mound visit is the baseball equivalent of that. It is. So, so you're taking you that away. Replace, yeah. Instead of saying you get one mound visit before you have to replace a pitcher every inning, like you know, if a pitcher goes a full game, there can be nine mound visits without coming out as it stands right now. He right. got once per inning, right? And, and is this mound? So when I what says other no mound visits. So what if a catcher walked halfway and started talking to his pitcher and delayed the game? How's that going to work? Right. Right, and at what point does the umpire make the call of, okay, that counts as a mound visit? Yeah. So, I, the mound visits I would want to get rid of are the obvious stall to get somebody up in the bullpen. If you weren't ready to begin with, screw you, you weren't ready. Um, also, the, yeah. The, the like delayed talk where like the you know the catcher comes halfway out. There's, but the, but there's a way a around it though. Yes. And this is the way right. my mind thinks. There's ways around it. The cat, the coach, because this doesn't say that they can call timeout, right? Like you were saying, this this you can still call timeout. What if the coach called timeout and went to the plate and had the whole infield come to the plate? They could create a whole new thing, you know. I would like that. I would appreciate that. You can't do it every inning, obviously. Yeah. But if you had two of those per game. But the point yeah. is, is that's not a mound visit. So how are they going to regulate a coach doing that? You know. Well, yeah. I mean, if you can't, if the coach can't visit the mound, can the coach go visit the first plate. baseman? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> can the coach go to the plate and visit the catcher? Yeah. Meanwhile, the first baseman's visiting with the pitcher. Right. You know, it's. Uh, yeah, I don't the, think. To be honest, I don't think that rule's going to do anything because if if you can play it that way. Yeah. So again, the intent is to shorten the game. But they're going to find ways around it just to, to, to keep what they need, which would be a momentum shift or any necessary in-game coaching. Isn't that what the definition of rules are? Is they're just things that are there for people to break? Isn't, isn't that what they really are? Well, <laughs> hasn't find that a way around? been the case in baseball? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, in baseball especially. Yeah. That's, you find your way around the rules. So would it buy a couple of years while – they experiment with new ways to slow things down again yeah for example like if you go through these rules that's one thing to look at like no mound visits i don't think that's going to be that powerful of a rule now 62 feet six inches that's pretty powerful because there's nothing you can do about that you can't pick the rubber up and move it forward <laughs> you know? well i mean one would hope you couldn't do that that would kind of make the whole thing moot. or or no well and it's interesting they do that after the carter caps rule where you can't jump off the mound because that could have been like the new way to pitch with the 62. Just jump to your 60 feet and throw it. Right, right. You start <laughs> behind the mound and you crow hop over it. That'd be... All right, keep two more here. Um, increasing the size. This one's funny. I'm Gosh, I don't know why these rules. It really feels like daddy ball. Increasing the size of first, second, and third base from 15 inches to 18 inches. <laughs> So, what is the purpose? <laughs> so it depends on when this rule gets addressed. Because if they go after this one first, I'm going to fight it. If they go after this like fourth or fifth, I'm going to be like, knock crap. yourself out. Whatever you want, boss. You want to change the color? Because your septuagenarian fans can't see the base anymore. Hey, is you it step on the bag? Is that the players' association getting pissed it. off? All their first basemen have uh, torn Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that that rampant anymore? I don't know. I'm trying to Do figure we, out this rule. Where the hell is this coming from? <laughs> you know, in, in church league softball, we have a separate plate that we run to so yeah. we don't have collisions. <laughs> is that so, what you <laughs> Should we have I mean, that instead? Like, are we really? Run to the orange bag. Right. It's like, are we really trying to take... Um, are we really trying to take the collision out of the game? I mean, think about it. If this is the purpose of collision. We already. So is that the purpose of the proposed rule? I have no idea. I mean, they're they're not giving us the reason. But if it is, that's pretty sad. We already took. You can't hit the catcher anymore, right? Right. I mean, don't right. don't and do this to set, us. Breaking up the double play has been limited a lot as well, uh, where you have to stay in the. You can't, you know, veer out of the baseline. So. Yeah, this game's gonna get sad. <laughs> be careful on so, this one but is three inches going to make a difference for that 
I don't know. And then why is it, I mean, it's a, it's a square. So why is it just bigger? Why isn't it just longer or something? You know, it's like who thought, let's just make the square bigger. Did they go to the actual base making company and talk to them? <laughs> you know, maybe it was the base company. Hey man, if, uh, if you can increase our revenue with, you know, three more inches, we'll give you, uh, these proceeds to baseball. So, yeah, this proposal reminds me of Harlan Williams's character, and there's something about Mary. <laughs> you know, you've seen that video, Eight Minute Abs? Yeah, right. Check this out. <laughs> Seven Minute Abs. So this is like, all right, guys, <laughs> step back. Wait for it. The base right now is 15 inches. What if it were 18? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Revolutionize the game. No, I okay. You go with that. I'm going with. I really believe this is the base company calling Major League Baseball and saying, "Look, we haven't sold a new base in three years." <laughs> can, can, can we do something about this? Yes, if you. If you change the size of the base, <laughs> they all have to buy every new stadium is going to need at least three. <laughs> Sales are through the roof. <laughs> and then we can patent like it because we didn't patent the other one, and now China's doing it. We can right. patent this internationally. And now they all got to come down. <laughs> I just, when you're looking at the field, I don't see what an 18-inch base does to make any difference to the game whatsoever. It, it's not going to improve safety. It, it's... I think it'd be cooler to change the shape. Like, hey, let's make it an octagon. <laughs> Wait a minute now. It, lo it looks more high tech. Because <laughs> no kid who's ever played baseball in their yard has ever played without like a, a Dixie plate being second base. <laughs> so if we can make second base round, it'll be like it'll be like you know you'll, you'll have the nostalgia of playing exactly. in your backyard. We use you throw styrofoam plates out to be the bases. Exactly. But to be honest, you know, with the starting with the Trackman rule and this high tech rule, it's all kind of gone downhill from here. I'm thinking at this point, if we stayed on that theme, they should be talking about putting like uh, Bluetooth technology in the bases so we can record who touched the bag at what time. And now we can make a Trackman call of all the first base plays. Right. I right. mean, come on. Laser why why isn't balls. that in there? Yeah, laser foul balls, that sort of thing. Yeah. You, know, you would think they would follow along that same mentality instead of saying, let's make the base three inches wider. Or how about a light-up bag? Like when you stomp on it, it flashes. <laughs> so we can see when yeah. you hit the damn bag. I mean, the backboard lights up when the shot clock goes off. Yeah. Why can't – oh, that would solve a lot, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would look stupid, though. <laughs> <laughs> In a big buzzer. Kind of like the shot clock. <laughs> All of a sudden, the, the first baseman gets... the first baseman's life, I know. Yeah, the first baseman's Whoa. not used to it. He's like, what was that? <laughs> Sorry, it's the new bag rule. Apologize. It happens. He's like, I just came from the Dominican. What's this? the bag's talking to me over <laughs> It lit up. It buzzed. It, it vibrated. What's going on? All right. this The podcast is unraveling here. Yeah, well, it's not my fault. It's just stupid three inches longer on a base. Dude, Is the, I think that's the one they threw in there for comical relief. Yeah. Yeah, we're, so everybody in the room can say, you don't want three more inches? I, that's what it is. It's just for rule fatigue. So you're right. Like, we just all go, whatever. Just do what you want. Right. Exactly. Yeah, like, if they talked about this one sooner, if this was the first one proposed – We'd all get in this real deep philosophical discussion, but if it's the end of the meeting, it's like whatever. Knock yourself out. I'm late for lunch. What? Really? Three inches? I, to do what? So I mean, so like the honest discussion is, I'm thinking of second base and turning double plays, and will they be able to get clear of the sliding player sooner? Or, or, you know, further by three inches. Would this extend by three inches? But my thing is, I don't think it will because the runner will just aim for that side of the bag Exactly. Anyway. They're not colliding at second base because they have nowhere to go. They're colliding because they're trying to collide. Yes. <laughs> as much so, as they'll say they're not, they are. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. To me, it's a that that one's a complete waste. Yeah. And does that mean because it said first, second, and third, but the catcher's not plate not going to get better. So we're going to have these really big bags and this little bitty catcher's plate, and the the runner's going to be looking for it. Where is it? Right. <laughs> it's smaller than the bags. <laughs> And it doesn't light up and vibrate. <laughs> oh, God, man. Thank God there's some comedy in this. All right, last one, yeah. and we're over. Reducing the time between innings and pitching changes from two minutes, five seconds, to one minute, 45 seconds. Finally, they got to the rule that they really wanted to change, and all this other stuff was just for amusement. Like, they just were trying to speed the game up. So – from a board meeting standpoint, you put that one last, so everyone won't even debate. They'll just vote yes and move on. Yeah. I'm, of course, in favor of it. If that speeds up the game without affecting the integrity of the game, then by all means, do it. That's. I don't really care it, about that. I mean, that they're, they're already doing the shot clock, basically, with pitchers now, right? Yeah, which I'm fine with that, too. Um, so if you can – I really like reducing the time in between innings. Because you don't get anything out of warming up between innings. You're already there. Uh, reducing the amount of time for a pitcher to warm up, I think it would bring up some questions, but it's on the manager to have the pitchers warm before they come out there. Like, it shouldn't take that long. So, but I'm, don't give, but, the, but this is BS with baseball. I mean, I, I, mean, I understand the, the long time. And if you look at the – let's always step back, look at it. You play too many games. I mean, to be honest, before you even start shortening the games, let's just start knocking some of the games out here. And then, yeah. And because you know baseball loves the ceremony and it loves the time span of baseball. I mean, if not, you wouldn't have the seventh inning stretch, the national anthem to start the game. I mean, like, let's not screw around here. Like, yeah, you want to short the time on the field, but you love the celebration of baseball. Yes. So how do you – yeah, but this would help balance that a little bit. I mean, Boston would need a remix of Sweet Caroline to make it go faster. <laughs> it's – Yeah, but isn't – but it, that is another comedy. It's like, hurry up, pitcher. You got – you're taking too long. Uh, we got to go to seventh inning stretch so we can bring out, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, whoever, the, the latest singer, Lady Gaga, because she's <laughs> Right, she's going to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game and – Right. Wait, okay, so that brings up another question, though. Should the time in between each inning or in between each half inning be the exact same? I mean, it Why? should take – well, because the seventh inning stretch is kind of celebrated, right? Yeah. It's So as the game gets longer and wears on the player a little more, like the, dip, the, the time in between the second and third innings, maybe that should be shorter? Yeah, so kind we of can like... trim – well, actually, it's the other way around. Like, football does the two-minute clock where, you know, it exaggerates the last two minutes because that's where most of the exciting plays are. So maybe right. in the beginning of the game, it's very quick, and then it starts to slow down towards the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, that would be a happy little medium there. But if they want to get rid of all of them, fine. I'm fine with that. But, but, the, the, that, but I like what you, that point. Like, after the seventh-inning stretch, all of a sudden there's no time on the clock like because it come, it gets really important to the strategy of the game. Like, if these coaches need to think it out or, you know, maybe, once again, maybe go back to the mound visits. Maybe the mound visits open up after the seventh inning. Maybe that maybe football has something right that, you know, the bigger moments are at the end of the game. So give them more time, more options. More clock stoppages, yeah. And in yeah, the beginning I mean, of the game, can, shorten it all up. If you could trim 15 minutes off the game off of the first six innings or before the start of the seventh, because midway through the seventh is when you get the seventh inning stretch. So – if you trim 15 minutes off of game time from the first six innings, you're probably off to a great start. And then after a season or so, you can reevaluate and say, is there more to be had here? Is there more that's even needed? But you know what? Like, Dude, you, you use their analytics. Like, look at how when the ticket sales are, when people redeem their tickets in the stadium, what innings do they are they more in the stadium? And then look at the right. TV time. What, where are they watching the games more? And then give more time there and less time in the other aspects of it. And see, that's where my mind was at from the start was as a member of the media, I want to look at quarter hours watched. Yeah. Like if I'm getting from the beginning of the game to the seventh inning with a, with one quarter hour shorter to watch, am I so invested in it now that I'm only two innings away from the end of the game? So I'm going to stick through for another half hour to 45 minutes. So ratings wise, it will be increased on the back end. 
rather than I'm going to watch the first time through the batting order, and then I'm going to go find something else to watch, and then I'm going to come back. Right, and, for, uh, and I'm for the sure, don't you think they're already doing this because that's where their primetime TV spots are? Yeah. So you they already say. know this data. Yeah. So they just you would say. Yeah. You'd think it'd be more built around that data and just it's supposed to be just general. Um, also, too, yeah. do you think this is going to be applied through their minor league levels or is this just a major league level change? I mean, obviously, it has to go all the way down, right? If you're going to do it, you got to do it all the way through the minor leagues. It's, there's no reason to train guys one way, only to shift them once they get to the bigs. To do it, that'd be, that'd be the same as like having aluminum bats in minor leagues. So it's if you're going to do it, be consistent from, you know, low single A all the way up. Boy, that's changing a lot of baseball mounds. I mean, how many fields is that they're going to have to do? Oh, up? oh, oh! You were talking about all. I was talking about the timing ones. No, no, I'm with you. I'm just saying if they do do that, if this goes fully implemented, 62 feet. I mean, think about just the cost and the labor just to make that change. Every season. That's the, well, see, I mean, that's the part, and getting yeah. back to this, that's, that's the part that it still baffles me is that you're going to change the way the game is played midway through the season. That, right, right. Well, that too. But but think about like, but I'm expanding on this, this, dyna this field dimensions change. Like, because then college has to do it because they're trying to prepare their players for the top level. And then, you know, Little League has to, they're going to change every field in America if they do this. Well, once they get up to 60 feet, 6 inches, yeah. I mean, Little Leagues, there's short right, field. Right. Shorter. Well, they so, might even go back, so it's not as such of a big of a jump. Yeah. Either so, way, pretty dramatic. Um, what do you think? Last final words here. What do you think on this whole rule thing and, and using this independent league as, a, as kind of the experiment ground? I like it. It starts the conversation. It gets real-life value out of the conversation before because we could talk in theory all day long about making baseball more 2019 2020 friendly and you're never going to experiment with it on the major league level you're not going to make significant changes to the game at its highest level so i, I applaud them for trying i applaud them for at least trying to do it even the rules changes that i disagree with brent hear me out 36 inch bases <laughs> Brilliant, dude. Let's patent it. Just imagine if someone patented the 18 inches ba bag. They're, they're screwed. Also, also inflatable. <laughs> so, like, if the second base, if the shortstop is coming across the double play at the same time that the base runner gets there, he goes flying. Well, let's just turn, like it, being... let's turn them into airbags. Yes. We're going to have a bounce house for second. <laughs> Uh, th th that one is priceless. I think they might have, they, they probably got their PR team to look at that and be like, look, all these are a little too serious. Let's put one in that makes it a little light so people can enjoy just it. Just mess with it. Just troll them. <laughs> just troll America. <laughs> Dude, with social media like, and big organizations today, God, you could create a crap storm on just doing right, anything. People at each other's throats on ESPN and the MLB network, and the guy who wrote that's like, they're buying it. <laughs> Everybody's talking about it. <laughs> no, it probably went to the ground screw. The head ground screw for the MLB is like, look, these 15-inch bags, you can't get your fingers on them when you're lifting them up. If we had 18 inches, I could get my whole hand around. It'd be so much easier for us. Can you put this in? They're like, all right, we'll do it for you. Could have been. You never know. We're sitting here laughing, but that could have actually happened. The thought that that's actually possible <laughs> makes the game even more lovable. Like some guy with a rake. It's going to decide <laughs> the size of the bag. <laughs> I mean, I get down there and I get one hand on one side, but I'm, you know, my, my feet are shoulder width apart. I got a good stance. Think about I'm it. Too, I'm too close. It, but think about it. You're probably right. 15 inches. It's a little tight. You've picked those bags up for. They're not easy to get out. Absolutely. I think 18 might, you can get a shovel end under it and pop it up now. I like it. <laughs> All right, dude. Too much. I really right, appreciate bro. it. We went over an hour. I think it sounded pretty good. And uh, we'll do this again, man. Absolutely. Every time, you know, when they want to go from 18 to 21, we'll do it. And it's... <laughs> no, it's, it, it's been too long, man. It's fun. <laughs> What's the next thing? The 
the catcher's mitt's got to be bigger or smaller. Make it harder for no, the pitcher. <laughs> the next one is like center field is going to have a shoot that goes back another 80 feet. <laughs> like it just, you get, you have like a normal outfield and then like this one little tunnel that just goes straight back. That's... Oh, and to eliminate the home run, they're going to make the, uh, the outfield like a hill. They're going to elevate the outfield. So now that the fielders are 10 feet above yeah. everybody. <laughs> now you're like a, really, like a web. now launch angle, now, that launch angle is really important now. <laughs> be like a mesh ladder on the green monster. Just Spider-Man your way up it. All right. See, this is where I was worried this podcast was going to go from the beginning. So pretty mature of I us. To, that we, I stayed focused. I did. I know. Pretty mature of us that we, we waited this long. So let's, uh, let's end it now so it doesn't get bad. All right. Okay, dude. Thanks.